welcome to the Wasting Time podcast. How's it going? I'm Chris. I'm here with Nick. How's it going, Nick? Yeah, good, man. Good, man. Yeah, not too bad. Um, not much, like I say, not a lot to report really. Um, my birthday next week, and I got I got an early birthday present of a oh, yeah. Robin. So how's, how's that going? Um, I've become a bit well. It, yeah, it's I had a pizza night last night, um, and uh, the results were. I was very pleased with the results for that way. So I'm, you know, I'm trying to achieve that perfect Neapolitan style mm-hmm. pizza. You know, a fluffy light crust, and that's that's what we're that's what we're aiming for. And last night was a was a real good start. But it's it's a bit it's a bit it's become a bit of a, an obsession. Like reading about dough hydration and um, you know, your, how long right. you improve for and your different types of flour and. Um, so yeah, it's a nice new little hobby. Probably not the um, uh, the healthiest of hobbies to take up, I guess. But here you're coming up in a couple of months to the northeast, so we'll uh, we'll get the um, we'll get the pizza oven fired yeah, up, ready for that. your arrival. Yeah, and that's not too far away now. I mean, given that you know you're a vegetarian, what what is your go to <laughs> topping? So I can plan in um, advance. Pretty simple, to be honest. Just, just like a margarita, but with like some very spicy chilies thrown on, and I'm a happy guy. That's that. That's all it really takes. What about Parisha? She loves, she loves an olive on a pizza. Yeah, yeah, I'm down with an olive on a pizza. Cool. Well, but yeah, but that's about it, really. Just obsessing over like doughs and pizzas at the moment. Um, yeah, doing some stuff with the family mm-hmm. this weekend, which is nice. Haven't seen them for a while. Um, but yeah, that's about it, really. Not very exciting. What about yourself? Trying to move at the minute. Um, but apart from that, we're good. Been enjoying life. Seen a few friends recently. Been uh, I've seen Lovebreakers a couple of times recently because they've been down in the studio down this way. That's been really cool. They're doing really well, so that's good. But yeah, where 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 are they at with that then? they finished finished recording uh, not now? Not quite. Yeah. I mean, mo- okay. bro- broadly, yes. There's just finishing touches that they're still putting on. So that they've been... They were down this week doing some extra stuff, and I think they're coming down next week or the week after to work with. Um, so what? What I mean, do they? Uh, is there a, pl- a plan yet in terms of release? Um, we've got we've not much that I can say on this. There's a couple of avenues we're kind of exploring and seeing what comes with them. It's really. It, the, I just yeah. want to give a shout out actually to the producer Tom Michener, who is incredible, and it's great because he's really he's really on on board with it and like he really wants to there's a couple of uh big labels that our listeners will definitely know that he's worked on records for and he kind of wants to push it to them hopefully so we'll see what comes of that um and he's just an amazing producer so it's great to have him on board once of um frank carter's band which is pretty cool okay yeah and they've, they've got their social d to coming up yeah soon-ish. yeah just been looking at things for that this week you know Things to do with visas and that kind of stuff, trying to learn all that stuff, work out what they need in place. So that's been fun. Where, when uh, when's that? I think off the top of my head, the first one is maybe like May thirty first, so the very end of May, and I think they're in Italy is the first date in Milan. Nice and um, yeah, it's exciting. Are you going to get out, get out to any of those? I'll decide, European, I'll decide nearer the time, work out which ones are feasible. But yeah, I definitely want to try and be there for a little bit of it. What are you going to do if you get to meet Mike Ness at any <laughs> Just stage? try and be as uh, calm and cool as I, I possibly can. Uh, are you going to drop your ass in front of uh, Mike <laughs> Ness? That's the question <laughs> yeah. on everyone's lips. Um, yeah, that, that's <laughs> going to be a... Should we come on the Wasting Time podcast? Um, yeah, that'll be interesting. <laughs> uh, and, and it'll be cool. It's cool because um, a shout out also to Grade 2 who are on the tour. Um, they've been really helpful with some of the logistical stuff for me, so... Thanks for that, and they're a yeah, great uh, band. Are they, are they, yeah, then I mean they're new to me until you know you mentioned them earlier in the week, and looks like they've been yeah. around for a good while. But um, yeah, really, really great stuff. I was getting well into them this week, um, so yeah, definitely a band I'll be listening to a lot more of over the next next. That goes for our listeners. Months. If you don't know, don't know them. They're called Grade Two. They're from the Isle of Wight. The last record they put out was on Hellcat because Tim, Tim Armstrong produced it and they are well worth your time if you don't know them. Yeah. 
just really kind of like old school yeah. anthemic kind of punk like yeah no really really into that stuff is it, i mean it's any other i haven't really paid much attention to what i've been listening to i've just kind of you know gone with the whole grade two shuffle right, on right. spotify is there uh have they is there, have they released anything recently or due, due no, not anything? that i know of i mean there was a couple of singles i think last year that i would listen to i think it was last year um and the last fall length was 2019 so they must be they must be due to do one soon or in the process of having one come out um yeah i'll, I'll cool. ask them about that the more i get to know them uh, but they're very cool um speaking speaking of listening yeah. to them is there any other music you've been listening to recently um i checked out that tightrope um, uh, tight, i don't think it was tight rope tight wire tight wire yeah tight yeah, yeah. wire tight wire i mean wire rope <laughs> potato <Yep>. potato <laughs> um it was Bre- brenna wasn't it she she mentioned she'd be yes, working with brenna them. uh for the listeners who we'll get to remember. in a minute um as she is the guest on this episode yeah she um, they were on, I think, her most recent tour, and um, she she gave them a shout out and recommended them. Uh, it's actually when I was editing this podcast because she just said, "Oh, they're catchy as fuck," and I was, I just thought, "Oh, that might be up my street." So I gave them a listen. Yeah, they're pretty cool, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, decent, decent. And uh, my keen eye spotted spotted a band member that was in, uh, well, there was a guest on our That's podcast. That's right. Yeah, well. yeah, Noel from um, Rational um, Anthem. Yeah. Guest on our show a couple of years ago. There you go. No, it's good stuff. Definitely worth worth checking out. Um, but other than that, oh, I suppose you're going to want to mention the Avril Lavigne song with Matt Hoppus. <laughs> Avril Lavigne, Ma- Mark Hoppus, even uh, yeah. Mark Hoppus. What did I, what did I call? You call him Matt Hoppus. I see. I see what your brain did there. Ma- but, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Mark Hoppus. Yeah. Um, I feel like it would be better without Avril Lavigne in it. To be honest with you, it's, it's good cool, song. isn't it? I mean, did you because the album came out yesterday? Did you listen to any other songs on the album? No, yeah, no, no. I'm reluctant yeah, was... to. Would you? Would you recommend I listen um, to the whole album? I I would, but so this is how I, how I feel about it. Like it's 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 a fun listen. It's very similar to that Machine Gun Kelly album from last year, which you and me both enjoyed when it came out. But then it had like no staying power. So like I feel like like this Avril album, like pretty much every song, you hear it and it's you, you kind of instantly like it. It's all really catchy. It's all very similar to that Mark Hoppus song. But I just feel like, well, am I going to be liking this in a month? You know what I mean? It it just feels a bit lightweight. But it's yeah, yeah, it's it's enjoyable. I don't I don't think you dislike it. Okay, well, I suppose I'll make the effort maybe <laughs> at some point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd say it's it's definitely worth your time. Um, and then Dashboard Confessional had an album out yesterday as well. Did they? Yeah. Which right. Jason Tate was really singing. The, Jason Tate, of course. Dot FM, formerly Absolute Punk, right. was really singing the praises of. And I haven't had a chance at the time of recording to have spent much time with it. But you know, listen to the first few songs. It sounded pretty cool. Um, so I'd, I'd recommend you you. You give okay. back some time as well. Cool. Anything else on your radar? I think that's pretty much everything for now. I think we can just um, let the listeners get on and listen to our interview that we did with uh, with Brenna from The Last Gang. Yeah, do you want to set this up a little bit? Anything you want to add about The Last Gang? How we discovered them, that kind of thing? Um, yeah, I mean, I guess they're probably quite recently re- discovered. I mean, they've been around a hell of a long time um, when, you, when we actually did our research. Um but we just kind of tripped over them and I don't know, about six months ago when we were, uh, well, when we saw Fat Mike plugging yep. them a little bit um, and they just brought out a new album, um, which we'll talk about. Um, and we, we, we were really into it. So um, we got her on. here it is. And here it is. Um, and you're, you're, you're in LA? Yeah. Uh, Orange County. It's kind okay. of South of LA. Uh, mm-hmm. Disneyland. I live by Disneyland. Sort of Anaheim area. Yeah, Anaheim. I, I live. I can see the fireworks at Disneyland every night. Okay. Is that? I mean, is that? It's not as special as the first time, I guess, for everyone. <laughs> you no, it's it special. Night. I love it every <laughs> night. I'm like stoked on that. So are you uh, are you born and bred around that around that way? Actually, yeah, born in Anaheim. I just remember that I was born in Anaheim, and I just moved around Southern California. That's kind of all I've I've lived. I traveled, but I haven't lived anywhere else. I lived in Hollywood for a little bit. But okay. How did you find that? Exhausting. 
<laughs> right. It's a full on place. Yeah. I moved there just so I could be around people constantly. I was in a place that I didn't want to be alone. So I was like, I'll just move yeah. to right on sunset. And that's all I did. Yeah. I just went out and hung out with people every night. Yeah. There's there's always something going on Like when I've spent prolonged, <laughs> prolonged periods of time in that area. Mm-hmm. Actually, speak, speaking of kind of like crazy LA lifestyle, and this is kind of talking about people that that you know i i guess reasonably well we we had um what's his face uh yotam you know yotam from Yo, uh useless id we we, yeah. spoke to him, we spoke to him a few months ago and like he was just talking about how he'd been living at fat mike's place for a few weeks and stuff and uh mm-hmm. that's unlike an experience and obviously those are two people i i assume you know pretty well at this point oh very much so because they helped do the album they had some uh producing credits on it i think i mean i let's get into that i guess yeah um I guess how we do these things, it's just a bit of a, a kind of walk through your career and kind of we kind of start at the very beginning, I guess, really. So you say you're kind of brought up in Anaheim, kind of what what your kind of early experiences of music, what, you know, what was your upbringing like, you know, around there? There is a small uh, venue called, it was back in the day, it was called Public Storage because there's a, there was a public storage next to it. It's a company that does, you know, storage. And so that was the name of the the venue. It was real creative, but it used to be based on like, it was a donation. So the flyers would have like bands on them and it would be a suggested donation of like $5 or something. And then eventually it became like an actual cover and then it got sold to somewhere else. But I was just every weekend would just go to the shows at public storage or the showcase theater. I would look through the magazine of mean street and like, uh, I forgot the other one, but there would always be like the, the flyer area that we, you'd see the local shows and I would just circle, I'm going to go to this one, this is a punk show, this is a punk show, this is a punk show, and then I would just organize my weekends around that and just always go to music shows and venues. Not a lot of big venues. Yeah, I was just going to say, I kind of, what, what got you into punk, punk rock in the first place? I mean, was it a friend? Was it like family? Or I mean, how how did you first... What was your first experience with punk rock? My brother was, he's older than me about by four years. So he was in a band growing up in high school. And so he was like the cool one. And I haven't, re- I hadn't discovered punk yet really, but I was, you know, I'd sneak through his room and look through stuff that he had. And he had like Operation Ivy CDs and uh, like Dropkick Murphys, The Addicts was one rancid, of course, Green Day. And so I would just kind of like look through his stuff and pick it out. And he needed a drummer one day. He wanted to do his own little project. So he took his little sister and was like, you can play drums. I'll teach you to play drums. So I actually didn't like any, listen to any punk rock music until like I started to play drums with his band. And he like showed me the Ramones because that's okay. an easy band to copy for drums. Just do ta, do ta, do. So yeah, just he kind of showed me the ropes, I guess. And then I just took it, took it from there. Is your brother still doing music now? And is he just looking on at you and seeing you do your thing? Or? He, yeah, he's super proud. He watches me and I, he sees me doing the stuff that he dreamed about doing when he was a kid. And he's a little, he lives vicariously through that, but no, he still does music. Um, just like local projects and stuff like called Ryan and the bishops or just his own name. Um, he's very much kind of like, if I had to describe his writing, like Elvis Costello meets the Shins meets like Wilco kind of stuff. Oh, interesting. So he's a very good wordsmith. He's very, very, I don't know where he comes up with half the stuff and he just writes stuff so quickly and just records it. So he's, he's an awesome songwriter. So how did you, um, obviously start out doing a little bit of the drums when you were younger with your brother Kind of when did you progress kind of onto kind of singing and um, playing guitar and, you know, doing your, I guess, becoming a, a front woman of a band, I guess, really. Um, well, I played drums in a couple bands, like, growing up. Like, his band and some, like, all-girl bands. And I actually didn't used to, like... I was still... I cringe sometimes, but I used to, like, not like my voice as, like, a young a young girl. I hated it. Like, it was... I was different, and I got teased for it. So I never, like, used to talk. I was we were quiet, believe it or not. Right. And then... Um, I was doing background vocals in this band I was in just as a drummer. And I, I, I was like, okay, I can kind of handle this. And I try to do it more often and a lot of support of like, yeah, do this, do this. And then one day I was, I remember this, I was sitting in the truck of my best friend's boyfriend, Sean, 
and we were singing along to the Misfits because I couldn't sing like any girl songs out there. Like Vice Squad was like, I couldn't sing that high, but I was singing along to yeah. the Misfits. And he turned around and he was like, you have a really good voice. And I was like, no, no, I don't. Okay, I guess. <laughs> so I just started singing more. So it was like background singing. And then other people will tell me like, hey, I like your voice. And I was like, I want to be in the front because being the back's fun, but I want to be in the front and like sing along with people and like, be energetic and just really connect. And so then my brother taught me how to play guitar. Right. And then that kind of just steamrolled little by little. It just became way more of my identity than drums was. The Last Gang, basically the first band that you fronted, like was that the first attempt or were there a couple of sort of yeah. in between? Oh, wow. Okay. That was the first band. I mean, I, I, I started it, you know, younger, um, and it was just like a local project kind of thing. I I played drums in this band called The Eccentrics with my best friend. And then I went to guitar. But we never did any shows. It was just like childhood stuff. So yeah. technically I was in the front of that band. But I wasn't singing. Uh, my my friend was. And um, yeah, I guess the last game. Wow. Wow. I never really tried to do. <laughs> this was, yeah, this was the first one and the only one that really. Uh, it's my family. Wow, how about that? What does, what kind of year did Last Gang sort of start? Did it start to come together? Like, how, how far back oh, are we going? Like, I want to say like 2004, like high school. Like, oh, okay. I didn't realize it was just high back, school. Mm -hmm. like, it was just uh, like it was an idea of like, like, like you said, like I just wanted to be in the front. I wanted to do the, the front stuff now. And I went to a party and I knew like if I wanted to be in a band, I got to surround myself with talented people. I can't just be yeah. like in this, like, you know, let's start a band. Oh, you play drums. Fine. You're good. Like I wanted to like make a really good um, mm -hmm. house of musicians. So I went to a party, uh, some, I don't know, some backyard party. And I met this guy named Garrett and he wasn't a punk at all. He was just a, a badass drummer. His favorite band was tool. Okay. And, <laughs> yeah. That's definitely not, no yeah. disrespect at all, but not yeah, really. But he's not. Yeah, yeah. And he loves fishing. Like okay. he was so, like he was so funny, but he was a rad dude and he was really cool. Yeah. And that's why punk is punk. You don't have to like be a certain way to be in the, the scene. So we were talking and he's like, Oh, I play drums. And I played with him. I'm like, Holy shit. Like you're really good. So that was going to start me, me and that guy, Garrett. And then we just slowly found like, a bass player that he knew and we pulled him in and then we had a guitar player and then we just had a revolving circuit of like bass players and guitar players for a while. Yeah. And then near the end, um, I got Robert. Robert was my last drummer that played in the band before we kind of took a break and became serious in like 2013. So Robert was the last one. And when we kind of disbanded and then when we, uh, we reformed, I just called him up. It's like, let's, let's do it. Let's do it right this time. Uh, okay, so so there was a long period where, you know, you as you say, you had revolving members. But like, was it? Did you ever like tour during that time, or was it more just like local shows, the odd support or whatever? Like, see what happened and yeah, like, and kind of yeah, that. Cool. We had a couple cool things that we landed. We did some like tours with, um, and it was like a big deal back then. Uh, uh. A, Agnostic? No, not Agnostic Front. Um, God, what's the band's name? That's Animal, the singer. God, it's probably on my wall somewhere here. One of these. Oh yeah, haha. <laughs> <laughs> anti Noah League. Oh uh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, anti Noah League. Um, and when I say tour, I mean we did like five dates to like Washington, back down the coast. Um, Dwayne Peters. Um, what was another cool band? We played a few shows with the Cobra Skulls. Mm -hmm. Um, this band called Everybody Out that I I uh, met Rick Barton from. He's he was in the Dropkick, the original, uh, original members. So we did a couple of like cool things, but it was mainly local. It was mainly like just sticking around here and booking your own shows. We had no like real booking agent. It was just like we knew some people that did this show, so we got us on this show, and that's really it. A lot of hard work and DIY. Did we just kind of burnt out? that after a while and just thought oh it's not really happening i'm gonna try and you know get a career or whatever how you know how did that kind of come about and how long was that sort of hiatus for kind of yeah like it didn't like burn out necessarily like i was over it i would have done that still forever yeah um but i had another opportunity and um you know the last gang as much as hard work and fun and love and passion we put into it it felt like it plateaued so okay. 
when this other opportunity came about, this band hit me up to sing for them. And so it wasn't like, it wasn't my band. It was a challenge to like go into somebody else's project and oh, I see. see if I can fit and make it just, I don't know, more cohesive. And it ended up working out for a hot minute. And then it ended up being a train wreck at the end. And that's when I called Robert afterwards. Is it, I mean, is there anyone well known now or are they? You know, is it... No, it was another like local band. It was a band called Fiction Reform. And we had, okay. we had some success. I, I, I did that one because they had, um, they had like, not not like money behind them, but they had like a little DIY label called uh, Basement Records that they're on. Okay. And I was like, ooh, a label. I've never been on a label. Let's try mm. this. And and so they had a little bit of money from the guy who was running the label, Chuck. Um, like, you know, here's a studio. Come into the studio and record. I'm like, oh, fancy. I don't have to like hunt down a studio myself. I can do. And yeah. and they, they have a, uh, the other guys in the band had like pretty decent day jobs. So it was like, okay, we can afford to like get a tour van and like keep okay. it yeah. upkeep and like pay for gas and hotels and tour and do this. So it's like, okay. So we did a couple little DIY tours out to like Arizona and back and, mm-hmm. and whatnot. But yeah, nobody, nobody like famous or anything. Um, just another some local like musicians in the in the scene. I don't think any of them are doing anything right now. Actually, just all grew up had families. Half the people I don't talk to because we don't get along. Right. Okay. Yeah, I was just going to kind of wing forward to 2013, the last gang. I mean, what you know, what kicked that off again, and you know, what was the ambition at, the, at that time? I guess. Uh, I guess the ambition is like I don't know what else to do with my life this is like this is it this is i don't know i've never not played in a band now that yeah. i'm thinking about it since my brother taught me and playing drums i've never not been in a band so when um that band fiction or form ended and it, it uh it imploded uh, i was very upset because i was naked i had no band i had nothing yeah. and i was like ah so i called robert crying like I want to be in a band again. I'm, I'm sorry. I tried to do this other thing. I didn't mean to abandon you. Um, and of course, he was supportive. He was like, yeah, let's go. So I just, the absolute need, I guess, to be in a band is why we restarted. Um, you know, if if the last gang had fizzled out on bad terms, like if it like everybody broke up, I would have started another band. But because Got it. it's kind of always been a family and we've, been pretty copacetic throughout all the members. It was really easy to jump back into. Really okay. easy. Okay. Okay. And then, like, you know, what was it like around? Was it around like 2017 that you, you were on Fat Fat Wreck? Was it, is it something like that? So, so like, yeah. so what were those those early years of Part Two like? Like, did you get much interest, or did you kind of have to start from scratch again? Like, did you get on any tours in those early days? How, how did that? How did those? Before Fat, it was kind of just we're doing it ourselves again, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robert's a hustler. He's, he, he, he works his butt off trying to make contacts and stuff. So we, we did our own DIY stuff again, but this time, as opposed to the first time when we did a lot of DIY, we were older and we had some more, you know, salts on our shoulders and we had more steady of a bank account. So we were able to pour more, uh, finances into it and energy and time and really focus. So when we did a tour, we made sure it was like big or it looked big, you know, like we went to the UK. That's huge. Like for a band that's not on the label, like we booked our own tour out there and we didn't lose money, but we broke even, which was, or almost broke even, which is yeah. really okay. hard to do. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's so, impressive. Yeah. So we did a lot of DIY stuff. And then once we hit with fat, it kind of was the same thing. Um, it Stuff was you know, quote handed to us, like we got a booking agent because we're on a label. We had some clout, but it wasn't like, Oh, you're on all these large tours. You still have to work your butt off. Um, if somebody gets signed to any label and if they are not willing to keep up that groundwork, they'll just fade away. So we haven't really lost that mentality at all. Even though we're not DIY anymore, we're still DIY. Just going back to that first, first time in the UK. I mean, what, what, what kind of time was that? And, I mean, how how was it? I guess really, where where did you get to? Magical. It was so magical. I fuck. As soon as I went over there, we were just like, I we never wanted to go home. All we wanted to do was tour. All we wanted to do was tour, and we still do. It's just the UK. It was 
it's hard to travel across like the the pond to like the the mainland EU. So we we kept it only in the UK, and that's mm-hmm. kind of excruciating to do like more than a week or even like four days. It's so centralized, and it's hard mm-hmm. to like get different shows and bring different people out. So we did it, I think, for about a week and a half, which is a long time. Yeah, you'll be um, having to do some B cities definitely on if you're touring yeah. the UK for that long for sure. We did uh, Rebellion. Uh, the, oh, nice. The, yeah. The, uh, Bla- the Blackpool kind of area, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, Blackpool's red. Uh, we, we played in Derby, Derbyshire, mm-hmm. I believe. Uh-huh. It's a little pub that was right next to the castle. And that was, oh, and then we met the casualties out there. <laughs> right. That was pretty okay. cool. <laughs> We yeah. this small pub in I think it was Derbyshire that we saw a flyer for the the casualties in like uh, like four days later and we're like hey we don't have a show that day and so we hit up the promoter and we're like we hustled our way onto the casualty show. Oh nice, okay. So <laughs> yeah. so th- this tour you were literally just by you didn't come over with anyone you were just by yourselves and like we what? came over with another band to help split costs. Um, oh, which band was so, that? But it wasn't like. Uh, just this local band from over here. Um, but it was just, it wasn't like on a label mate or anything like that, or they weren't like big. It was just another, like we, we shared one van all together. So it was really cramped and we had to get creative with backline and stuff. I had a little, a little tube amplifier, like like one watt tube amp that was like this big that I put in my suitcase (laughs) and the bass player, Sean did the same thing with his head. So (laughs) we made it work. We made it work. It was cramped, but we made it work. And was it all like DIY by yourselves, like hitting up promoters in different cities and stuff and trying to align the shows? Oh, wow. That's that's impressive. Yep. So the scariest thing I think was backline. Um, I'm usually the one that like books the uh, logistics of everything, uh, like hotels, cars, uh, vans, gear. So when we went over there, I... You know, I had to figure out how do we do this? Where's this? Where's this? Yeah. And then when we did our first Germany tour, it was it's really hard to let go of control. And it was really bizarre. Like, I we just showed up and they're like, here's a van and here's backline. I'm like, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I trust this. But they gave us a van in Germany uh, after we were signed as our first tour. I'm the driver. They gave us a stick shift. I do not drive stick shift. I've never <laughs> well, you, well, of course you wouldn't. You're American, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I was so so like what? Like, and then my feet didn't reach the pedals. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, we I we made it work though because I have um I wear my creepers so I got like an extra. Three <laughs> <Okay. inches. laughs> the only way I could do it. And you, <laughs> learned, and you learned to drive a a gear stick car, a van. Yep, and in Germany, know. and I kept wondering On the why job training. <laughs> yeah, I kept wondering why I kept seeing the word Strassen everywhere. I was like, what's Strassen? What is Strassen? And I was like, oh, it's street. <laughs> <laughs> Learning other languages. <sighs> Man, that was fun. Yeah, I love touring. Damn. Uh, I guess maybe that's uh, just fast forward then in terms of um, to 2017. You know, put obviously, sounds like you put a lot of hard work in with your DIY tours and getting that out and about when did when did fuck come along and how how did how did they come along i guess they came along actually right before that uk uh diy tour that we booked um oh really we were kind of talking with them and a few other like uh local labels um uh i forgot who we were talking with now that i'm thinking about it just we we were shopping the album we had just put it out we just recorded it with cameron webb we Mm -hmm. dropped a lot of money into it, like, ugh, an uncomfortable I, wait, amount of money. If, yeah, if it's going to be with someone like Cameron Webb, I should imagine that's, uh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> it was, oh, it made me, like, throw up in my mouth a little bit. Um, <laughs> it was a lot. We, I, I had to take out a, a personal loan from okay. my uh, Fidelity, and it was it was a lot of money. <laughs> but yeah, we did well, it, and I was like, if we don't get this album signed, at least we made, like, Badass record that yeah. it'll go down in the local scene and like I'll be proud of it. I, I know I gave yeah. it my all. Yeah. And um, so we had this really cool record and we took it around. And at first we kind of uh, Cameron hit up Fat and they didn't really listen to it. But then there was this guy that took over um, the person who would like listen to new albums and uh, a friend of ours submitted it again through like the info at fat.com and they listened to it 
Oh, and, just through a generic like, email like that. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's still probably like an earwig of like the last gang in their head, but it was, it was just, yeah. it was a good album. We got the right person to listen to it. Uh, and they got, they got set up. And so it was kind of just kismet. So right before the UK tour, we, we were sitting on the album and uh, we got a call from Aaron Burkett, like in the van. We were like on the Ooh. way to the airport. We're like driving yeah. up yeah, yeah, yeah. and Robert puts her on speakerphone and yeah. we're all listening. And like, she's like, yeah, we really like the album. We're going to get it. And just explosion in the car. But the trick was, she's like, you can't tell anybody. We, we're going to do a promotion. We're going to get the ball rolling. Yeah. We're going to get yeah. everything, you know, a big push. So here we are in the UK for the first time. We're so excited. We didn't think we we're going to have uh, uh, an album being picked up by a label. So we made our own little like copy of the CD with like yeah. a different cover uh, and like only five songs from that album. We just recorded Keep It Counting. And she's like, oh, and you can't, you can't sell that CD. I'm like, so we're going to the UK. We can't sell any music or any any yeah. merch with, with that. We can't tell anybody. We've like these cool like magazines and press lined up and you can't talk, can't talk a word about it. So yeah, yeah. It, was, oh. it was so like, fuck. so we left America unsigned and we flew back America and landed signed. That was, it was cool. Nice, wow. nice homecoming, eh? Yeah. Yeah. And you managed to still get home even though you weren't able to sell merch at that, on that tour. Yeah. Well, luckily we brought enough like a uh, uh, clothing, like hoodies and shirts, and we just yeah. stuffed it in suitcases and brought them over as carry-ons. I mean, a uh, nice. check baggage. I still have those CDs too, where I'm just going to hold on to them for I don't know how long, and then maybe one day I can like do a giveaway. I mean, I have stacks. We've got like hundreds of them, and they're just sitting doing nothing. Well, what's that like when um, when you're completely independent and you go in somewhere like the UK from America and you've got you're clearly coming with like lots of merch to sell? Like, do you get shit at customs or is that quite easy to get through? Like, it's it's a crapshoot. It's you know sometimes yeah. you get lucky, sometimes you don't. We've been lucky uh, going across the first time. It's always in my brain. They're like, you know, what is what is this? Opening it up. Um, I, I guess I was prepared to say like this is a promotional tour. Yeah, You know, there's no, we're not big enough that they care yet. I think that's the thing. They can still fuck with you like customs, yeah. um, but I don't think they care enough because it's not enough profit in it for them okay. as uh, the border patrol. But I was prepared to just lie my ass off and be like, oh, no, no, this is a, it's a free promotional tour. Uh, these are all just to get our name out. And that's kind of how it is to Canada's the worst. Or the hardest, not the worst. It's the, it's the best. Really, game. Canada's really hard to get into, oh, even like pre-COVID. Yeah, like they're strict on their rules, and uh, like I got lucky for some reason. I have a DUI from like a billion years ago, yeah. um, and I guess it's off my record. But another member in the band has a DUI, and I guess it wasn't old enough, or it was a different code, and they didn't yeah. let him in. Oh so, fuck! Really? Yeah. Uh, yeah, and so merch, same thing. They like looked at the merch, and we had to prove that we were going to Canada for a reason, not just like to sell stuff and like make money and bring it back. We had to like prove this is the venue we're going to. This is the promoter who brought us. It's it was like hopefully we get in, and we got in the second time we went finally. Okay, I'm because uh, I I'm I'm kind of trying to figure all this stuff out because basically I've I, I've managed this band and I'm kind of I'm new to it, but they're they're going on tour with Social Distortion around Europe. And um, because obviously we we left the EU, so I'm just trying to like work out like what it's going to be like for every fucking country they have to go to, and like I don't know what it's going to be in EU. We're going to be doing an EU trip in uh, summertime, so I'm kind of in the same boat. I'll just figure it out. We got yeah. lucky though. Um, we have a merch company out uh, in the EU, uh, Team All Merch with okay. Enos. She does. I don't know if you know her. She does a lot of bands. Um, so she's going to print stuff for us and have it waiting out there. So Oh, that's nice. That's like no, I'm not sure I know her. One thing I can let let go of control with that one. Thank God. Thank you, Enos. <laughs> cool. I mean, so kind of post-signing for fat, fat then, obviously you say you were still quite DIY after that time, but were there any, kind of any other opportunities that were coming around after the signing, like tour-wise? Any big, big shows or tours that, that came around? Obviously you've been doing yeah. big stuff recently, but what about back then? Um, kind of the same stuff, but just on a smaller scale. When we first got signed, 
um, Fat likes to put their bands on like the punk and drum books that they do. And also yeah. there was a punk and bruise. I think it was, it was, um, another, a fest that Mike used to do, um, back on, like it was on the beach, like on the ocean. Um, so we did a couple of those, not a full run, but like maybe two or three, which is really cool. Uh, we took bad cop, bad cop spot cause they couldn't do a few shows. So yep. we got really just lucky that we got okay. their spot. And, uh, oh shit, it was like, we're on fat and like, we're on stage with like the interrupters and fat religion and like no effects and just mm-hmm. what the fuck is going on? Yeah. So it was a lot of just like what's happening for the first like six months. The, so we got those fests that was pretty cool. Um, we got some like tours lined up and landed a lot of good, um, a lot of good shows and with now that are like really good friends and homies, uh, like Swinging Utters, that was so rad to go on tour with them. They're awesome people. Um, and then Good Riddance, we got to meet them and we've, we've actually done a couple runs with them. Mm-hmm. So it's just, again, it's slowly working. We got one tour, but then we'd have to like ask for another one or see if we can do this other one. We don't just like sit back on our haunches. It's just, yeah. the door's open. You got to keep walking through. So um, obviously... Keeping Counting, obviously, was your your first record with Fat Wreck, and then Noise, Noise, Noise came along October last year. Is that right? Yeah, October 8th, yeah. Noise, Noise, Noise dropped. So, I mean, what was the build-up to that, um, I guess? I, I mean, what what was the recording and writing of that in relation to, I guess, what was going on in the world? Like, when did, how did, when did the Noise, Noise, Noise project start i guess uh it started pre-covid but because of the lockdown that happened we were able to finesse the record because it wasn't ready this is the first time we were like had a set schedule like to go into the studio and like not like have a deadline but kind of you know like and like have an expectation of like deliver an album because the first one keep them counting was just we had you know 2013 2017 or 16 to kind of write, record, go back, prepo, back and forth, edit. Um, and this other time, we kind of started writing. I think a full-on like writing started. We took about maybe a year or less than a year to write the songs. And right before COVID happened, we brought the uh, demos to Cameron. And we sent them off to Fat, too, because they were curious, like, what have you been working on? Yeah. And they weren't anywhere where they needed to be. Um, and I, I knew they weren't ready. And I was like, yeah, we have to do more stuff. But here's what I got. And then once Cameron heard them, he was like, you can do better. Okay. <laughs> a lot better. Um, so it, that was a hard blow. But he is an awesome producer with me where I like to hear the truth. I don't. Yeah. I like to be challenged. I like to push. Yeah farther and he he does that with me um so yeah he was like these are not these are not good but one song was noise that was the song Uh, this is okay this is like needs little to no work go this is fine but go fix the rest of these not just like edit he's like no they're fix them so yeah then lockdown happened so i would because i was nervous i'm like okay i have these songs let's go in the studio we're ready right now and he's like you're not ready i'm like oh my i don't know how if we have enough time. I'm flustered and then shut down. So we're able to sit back and reflect on them and then go through the songs back and forth through like email of like, okay, let's fix this. Let's change this. And I, I locked myself in uh, what I, I call the cry room because I would just shut the door and, and focus on music and just get so tunnel visioned and yeah. very manic about it. And I just, some days I'd just be bawling because it's, it's a lot of emotional work. And then they 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 got the demos got there, and then once I had the the demos that were there, then I reshared them again. And Cameron's like, okay, cool, here's some. Now we can edit this. And then I gave it to Mike, and he's like, okay, let's change this harmonies, let's move this, let's change these chords. And that's when they yeah. started to really develop because the first the first batch was not the best. And now I know. Now I know how to um, bring in demos. Nice. Not halfway. Yeah, through. Yeah, I mean, sounds like almost. As, as awful as the global pandemic's been for anyone, it's actually been a, a bit of a, I, well, I don't want to say a blessing. That sounds weird to call it a blessing. Blessing's but, maybe uh, the wrong word, uh, but we, yeah, we know what you mean. Like, you know, you've you've taken advantage situation. of it. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. We were fortunate enough to be, to be healthy and have no losses, and we were able mm-hmm. to focus on uh, this while 
you know, to keep our mental health up too. It was, it was nice to have something to focus on. So yeah, it was, we were, we were lucky to have this, the project. And um, did, did the pandemic impact, I mean, anything that you had booked in? Did you have tours, runs of shows or you, were you, were you almost on downtime, you know, preparing noise, noise, noise? We had, we didn't have enough booked that we would like to, we would, we like to be like, if we could be on the road, I mean, probably like six to seven months out of the year, eight months, that'd be great. But for 2021, I don't think we had anything like massively booked except for, um, we had a, we did a little good riddance tour in the very beginning, I think in like January. And then we were set to take off to Mexico for the first time, which was actually that would have been cool. Yeah, Yeah. Mexico for like a week or so. We would start at the border Tijuana, drive down to Mexico City, and then fly back to Arizona. And then we would meet up with the casualties. And then we had a two-week run of the casualties. And that got cut. I remember just watching it day by day, like, ooh, is it going to, like, be official? How bad is this thing? Like, are they going to close the borders of Mexico? And then, like, the day before we were supposed to leave, they're like, nope, closed. I was like, fuck. So that was the only thing that really got kind of canceled. Um, everything else was still tentative, so we didn't take too big of a loss, I guess. Cool. And when did um, when did your time come on board then? Did, uh, right, kind of during like lockdown. Um, we mm-hmm. went back and forth uh, via email, and uh, so yeah, when was that? Probably around like m- like March or April, I think, is when he, me, and him started going back and forth with songs. Uh, we really focused on uh, like shameless noise. And um, to the king, I remember. I'm, I'm sure there's others, but I remember those three. He was very influential on going back okay. and forth through email. Um, like he wrote the bridge for, or the chord progression for Shameless. He's like, you need tension because we we would just go from verse to chorus, and he's yeah. like, no, no, no. He's like, you need this part. So yeah, it was really interesting to like kind of write via a uh, uh, computer completely. Yeah, like I couldn't right, jam right. with somebody. It was really weird. Did you, uh, were you you a side D fan prior to working with your term? You have much experience? Oh, yeah. Before, um, before COVID, we did, yeah, we were in, uh, the, the, we were in Germany. We played a couple shows with Usa side D over Mm -hmm. at, at, uh, I think it was SBAM. I think it was SBAM Fest. And we played with them and got to hang out with them and just, bonded with those guys they're fucking great human beings and a great band but they're great human yeah. beings that's the best part yeah. of it yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. cool i, lo- I love that ha- sorry no, go on go on no go for it no i was just gonna say i love that uses id have so many different sounds throughout their career but they're yeah. all broadly pretty good though and yeah. while yotam was living out in uh california with mike yeah. he did a couple shows too uh his acoustic stuff we right so, um, okay that man can sing. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. he, he's just, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's like an angel voice. He's so talented. His yeah. acoustic stuff's awesome. Uh, I mean, have you spent any, I mean, you talked to us about his time at um, <laughs> Fat Mike's Ranch and how that was an interesting experience for him. Have you spent any time at, at Fat Mike's Ranch at any stage? Yeah, that was actually part of the writing process when the right, COVID restrictions okay. kind of led up a little bit. Um I was able to go over to his house because, again, it's a very large, uh, a large estate. So we're able to kind of be on separate sides, uh, even outside and inside. So, yeah, first time there, I was really nervous. I was like, oh, fuck, and intimidated. And then the second time, it was a lot more easy to kind of just write and go back and forth. And I learned my lesson the second time I had my phone constantly on record because that man thinks like so fast and it's just music, music, music. And I'm like, "Ah, try not to like, yeah. Yeah. So I I recorded it, but we went over a a couple of the times he did the, uh, the get dead release party there. Um, uh, he did some other, like, uh, I saw, I don't know what it's called, but it's when somebody gets like hooks in them and they swing them and they fly. Right. Suspension. Suspension. Yeah. 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 He, uh, we met up with him for something and he's like, Oh, come see, we're doing this in my backyard. Just from this giant, beautiful tree. It was, it was interesting. It was very like, uh, like ethereal. It was weird. Like the sun was coming through the, the sky and it was just like calmness. And it was just really a juxtaposed like imagery. It was yeah. interesting. 
someone swinging from hooks in the tree. <laughs> I, that is definitely oh. not my cup of tea, um, but it was interesting <laughs> to watch. But I, I, bet, I could not, I, I could not relate. Going, I want to do that. Going, okay. <laughs> All right. Good cool. I mean, so let's. I, I jump forward to um, kind of the release of noise, noise, noise. Did you, did you get it to a point where you were just ready to go? Were you trying? I guess in timing, were you just when it's ready, we'll put it out, or were you trying to time it with everything that's going yeah. on with potential to tour again? It was kind of like. Like double dutch, we're just finding like when's the right time to jump in, mm-hmm. um, because we because we recorded it uh, during uh, COVID and when the restrictions kind of opened up and we're able to go into the studio because we we're ready, we went in, recorded it, mixed it, mastered it, and by the time it was done, mm. I, I think it was ready. Like it was mastered in like maybe oh god, July ish, or maybe a little earlier. And the label's like, okay, we could put it out, you know, in October, uh, and maybe the restrictions will come up, and maybe contour, but maybe not. But you, you don't want to sit on something for that long, sure. even if yeah. you just got to put it out. Like, like see what they did is like, you know, Bad Cop and Bomb Pops. It's like you got to put an album out, even if it's like you can't torn it. You have to stay moving. So sure. we're like, okay, let's let's try October eighth right before the holidays. Let's see. And then, yeah, it was it was not perfect timing, but it was better than releasing it earlier. You know, we could able we were able to book small shows, some little tours here and there. It, it, it worked out just just right for us. OK, well, did you, did you go out with Teenage Bottle Rocket around that time? Mm-hmm. The first shows back were actually with Get Dend. We did a okay. couple, yeah. uh, like a small run, like in Prescott, Arizona, Vegas. And so, somewhere else. So uh, we did um we did a little local run with them, and then like the the next go forward was yeah, teenage bottle rocket in November. That's and it. Life yeah. felt life felt normal again for a, for a second, for a second. <laughs> I I guess from from our side, noise, noise, noise was was our first introduction to to you guys, and you know I remember messaging Chris and saying, "Have you heard this record? Like these guys are really great." And did you notice? Um, have you noticed a kind of big increase in popularity since since that record? Have you? I mean, what? I mean, how's it how's it landed? Oh yeah, no, it's definitely been well received more than. I mean, you always hope for the best, and you just kind of like daydream and fantasize, like you know, oh, this record's gonna be amazing, and everyone's gonna love it, and it's gonna be like. <sighs> but in real life, it's like okay, it's not bad, but this was it. It exceeded my expectations of reality. That's for sure. Um, right. Okay. A lot of people have been just like, this is the first record they heard. They didn't hear the first one. Just new fans. And they're just blown away by like yeah, the first song, Noise. And it's like, they hits them. And just a lot of people have been just like in our DMs. They're just like, I love this. I love your album. We have somebody nice. from the, the UK mail us their, their records that they got. Um, the first one and the second one just so we can sign them and like he paid for postage wow. yeah uh, i have in my kitchen i have to actually do that later today <laughs> and then um we have a limited edition one uh, this gold one and we're only selling them at uh tours but i i was like okay this one this one person gets a special record so he bought a gold record too that we signed and we're gonna ship it on back so like stuff like that like that's cool it's crazy did you i mean i guess obviously cameron played a role in terms of you know, pushing you back and saying, look, guys, take more time. Once it was all finished and all polished up, did you know you had something like, like you had something really good on your hands that, you know, was going to, going to take you on to the next level? You always think that, but it's, it's, it's hindsight. Yeah. Like, looking back now, keep them counting. I thought like, man, that's fucking like, that's like outcome the wolf. That's going to be like the <laughs> yeah, one. Yeah, and then yeah. I look back, I'm like, we could we could do better. We could have done we better. Could, yeah. We could reach yeah. higher. So right now, yeah, I'm like that's that's like that's it. It's 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 the epitome of awesome. But time will tell. Exactly. Will tell, I mean, like, how good it is. I mean, it's that cliche thing, isn't it? Because it's a, it's hard to be objective about your own work, and like every band thinks their newest record is their best one. You know, it's only Greatest, with yeah. time. It's only with time when you realize how how good it is. I suppose. You know? mm-hmm. And you gotta you gotta keep trying to outdo yourself with like writing and right, creation. Yeah, yeah. Um 
One of my favorite things to kind of think about is I used to have this friend, like mentor guy. He was like a motivational speaker and he would tell somebody to come up to the wall with like a pen and he's like, stand on your tippy toes and like draw a line. Like what's the highest you can draw? And somebody they would come up and you know, I'd draw a line and he's like, okay, can you, can you go like a little higher? So they would go, okay. And they would stretch a little higher and do a little higher. He's like, can you do a little more? And yeah. they hold the pen by the tip of their face. And then he would do this like 10 times. And by the time he gets like the 10th time, that first line is so much. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. It's like you can keep trying if you just push an inch, a, a nanosecond, like just a little more. How how much better can you be? So yeah. that's kind of like how I think of writing. Like this album's great, but how can I just like a, a little notch? Can I go more? Yeah. Can I go more? And you're um... – the shows are starting to get build up again and you've got some pretty big ones coming up as well. I mean, what, what kind of festivals and shows are you kind of looking forward to the most? Um, definitely punk and drop again. Those are some of my favorite, uh, favorite shows. We played sure. festivals, um, before COVID and we're going to be doing them in March again. Yeah. There's so- going to be Ventura, San Diego and, um, in Arizona. So those I'm really looking forward to. Um, and then we got some like local shows too uh, that just got got announced. We're playing with TSOL over um, in the city called Riverside, and we got some other stuff that we're going to be announcing for uh, for like summertime and uh, May. Some really cool things. Some really cool things. But uh, awesome. right now, my favorite thing is Punk and Drumlick. That's official. Nice. I I was watching the documentary of that the other day. It was nice. I, I saw you pop, you were a talking head on that. I noticed. Yeah, that was really cool. I didn't know if that was going to come out or not because they were doing all these interviews, and then the um, No Effects was at Vegas. Yeah. And then they said what they said, and they got kind of shit listed. And the documentary was like, I don't know if this is going to come out now, but I'm glad it did. I'm gl- really glad it did. So that obviously you have had some amazing opportunities in, in this long history of the band and toured with some really cool bands, but like who's kind of on the hit list for you, like, you know, kind of feasible, well, not feasible, but bands that, st- that still exist, who, who are some of kind of like the, the white whales, who, who, who would you love to tour with? Um, I want to do a club tour, not like a fest circuit or anything. I want to do it like an actual tour tour. Yeah. Uh, no, no effects. Like okay. straight up, like, yeah. I, not a lot of bands, though, bigger bands I've noticed right now with like, COVID especially are doing like tours. They're going to be like doing just festivals here and there. I want to like do f- foot to the ground, like hardcore touring, like two to three weeks, two to months with no effects. That'd be right. So that's that. And that's, I think mm-hmm. it's doable. Um, I mean, another like Rancid, like I got to get that bucket list off there. But do, I think- do, you know, do you know them at all, Rancid? Sorry to cut you off. Sorry to interrupt. No. Not personally, like okay. I've been to Tim's house through like a friend of a friend, like yeah. in Hollywood, we were all hanging out and we like picked him up there and we went to dinner once, like this group. Um, and then we were supposed to play a show with Ranted that fell through. And so like, I don't like, I don't think he knows us, but you know, it's like the cir- same circle. Like sure. I bet you if it was in the same room, I could talk with him with a friend. Yeah. But okay. No, not not as of yet. So that's 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 on the bucket list. Okay. And then what I think would be a rad tour, like super it's not dream status, like where it's like, oh, it's an idol from like when my kids are kid age, uh teenage years, but it would be I think the coolest tour that we could ever ever go on and it would stick in my memory, like as a core memory, if we could go on like a tour with against me. That would be like oh, okay. yeah, wicked I- cool. I saw your um, your cameo from Laura Jane Grace when I was uh, going through your Instagram the other day. Yeah, <laughs> Ooh, she knows my name. Ooh, I have that saved on my phone. Like so, that was really cool. And she's yeah, kind of in the good. same same circle too. Like, uh, yeah. my husband works for Yamaha, so we did like an okay. interview with her with like the Yamaha gear and like. She played at some local uh, uh, venue down in Orange County with her other group. And so, like, I can probably, like, weasel my way into that area, but I, I would be so nervous. Just like, <laughs> fuck. 
But yeah, I feel like that's very feasible for the way you know that it's going for your band. I could see that happening. Knock on wood. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good luck. I mean, looking over your shoulder as well. So, is there any um, any bands kind of up and coming that you know you you'd you recommend listening to that that are on your radar or you played with? Uh, yeah. Um, there's a band called Venice Pinks. Um, they just recorded with Cameron Webb. I'm so proud of okay. them. Okay. Um, so they're there. I actually got to be some stuff on their, their latest albums. That was really cool. And um, this band called Tightwire. We just went on tour with them with Bottle Rocket. And they're great people. First and foremost, to be a band that you want to like go on tour with, you have to be great people. And they're sure. not just like nice and kind, but they're fucking hilarious. And like, okay. they're just so much fun to hang out with. Um, and then their music is so damn catchy. Like, it's like, it'll live in your brain for forever. So Tightwire, put them on the list. Okay, yeah. cool. cool. We shall do that. So I guess the rest of 2022 then, um, is it just tour, tour, tour? You say you've got some things bubbling over. Is that shows or tours? Or is there other things going on for the rest of the year? Right now we've got two tours in the pocket um, that haven't been announced yet, but that will be. And then we got some local stuff uh, that we're going to be doing as well. And we're going to try to focus on writing, too. Um, writing and touring probably is really hard for me because, like I said before, I have to be, like, locked in a room. And, like, I get super tunnel vision and manic. And, like, I have to get in a weird headspace to write. So it's going to be a challenge to do, like, touring and then writing, you know, and doing day job stuff. Yeah. So... That's going to be really hard to, to focus on, but all I want to do is tour. That's, that's, that's really, that's what we're focused on too this, this year. Cause we haven't, you know, we weren't able to do it. So it just looks like yeah. we need yeah. to feed our, our souls of this energy of the road. Sure. Sure. What, what, what is your, what is your day job when, when you're at home in Anaheim, if you don't mind me asking? I work at a music retail store. So okay. I sell, I'm always around music and stuff. Nice. I, I'm in actually audio, <laughs> believe it or not. Oh, really? And so I love like techie stuff and like, yeah. like DJ live sound recording, all that kind of stuff. I, I thoroughly love it. Like I can't do any work. Like I can't do D, a DJ EDM. I can't create, I know how to set it up. I know how to tech it, but I'd be damned if I know how to create it. <laughs> it's crazy how like how much that world has changed now though and how quickly it's developed i mean you go back to talking um you know selling cds at shows and you know yeah we, we, i mean chris and i were in a band together and you know when we were teenagers and you know going you'd have to go to a recording studio to like record anything and go yeah. and see an expert now there's just kids coming through and they're completely self-produced in their bedroom yeah. recorded a full band like it's, I this it's, one this one mom come in and she was talking about her son and she's like oh you probably don't want to hear this i'm like no tell me i'm, I'm interested mm-hmm. and she's like well you know he he has his own little studio like little interface and mic and everything he's like oh he makes his beats and you know he sold his first his first song on soundcloud i'm like oh that's rad you know how what did he sell it for She's like, oh, like $500. I'm like, motherfucker. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's just this kid. And like just some 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 rapper wanted his his sound, his song, so bought it off of him. Wow. And, oh, wow. And I'm like, that's so rad. Like kids, whatever genre it is, anybody sure. can hate on anything. But it's so rad to see just people still create music, something out of nothing. And it makes yeah. me so happy. And then this kid just made 500 bucks. And that's why he's buying all this music gear. I'm like. Go, keep going, keep going until you just can't do it anymore. Because it's yeah. just such a such a treat to make music. Nice one, Chris. I don't know if there's anything else you want to you want to cover. Or no, I think you know. I think we're we're pretty much there. We had some kind of generic questions we threw on at the end. Do, you want to, do we do we do any of those, Nick, to to wrap things up? What do you think? I mean, you can do. Yeah, they're a bit limited. <laughs> <laughs> how, how, about, how about instead of generic questions throw some ob- obscure questions shower or bath <laughs> oh bath bath like i don't okay fun fact i'm gross uh i don't i don't smell anything but i don't like to shower like when we're on the road i am the gross one in the band like i don't shower unless i'm like really funky or i got mud or something i just don't sweat and i don't make 
Like, I don't know. So the boys are every day on tour a shower at night, sometimes shower in the morning. And I'm like, nope, get into bed after the show and just pass out and wake up and do it again. But when I do have the time, it's like two hour baths, Epsom salt, candles, I don't get out. My wife, yeah, I'm similar to my wife. And my wife as well. <laughs> <laughs> Although you do sound a lot, there's a Prince Andrew joke in here somewhere about not sweating. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. <laughs> what? I don't, I don't get it. Prince Andrew joke? Pr- Prince Andrew, um, he got kind of caught up in the whole Epstein stuff. Uh, um, and there was ooh. a picture with a young girl and he he basically disputed it ever happened. Um, the girl claimed that um, he was very sweaty and he said he doesn't sweat. He's got a medical condition where he doesn't sweat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> laughably ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, that's that, that, okay. I bet it never poops either. <laughs> <laughs> God, I didn't think he'd end up being referenced in this interview. Next. Yeah, sorry about that. Hey, I told you bring up obscure, we, obscure we, Yeah, yeah they are. Yeah. <laughs> we might get ourselves in hot legal water if we're talking about Prince Andrew and oh. Epstein we'll legal cases. That. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the other questions we had were just more like quick fire. Favorite food? French fries. Nicely done. Fa- favorite movie? Um, shit. I don't do a lot of movies. I'm more TV. I'm a TV. Okay. T- t- TV Trek. show then. Star Trek. Star Trek. Okay. <laughs> Favorite band of all time? That's probably the Clash. pretty tough. Oh, okay. Cool. Favorite favorite song from London Calling? Got to switch it to Give Them Give Enough Rope. Best nice. album. Uh, okay. Stay Free. Chris, any it's other an quick emotional fires? song. When are you next, next in the UK anyway? Have you got any? Is there any, anything booked in or are we yet to? Yes. I don't know if I don't know if there's anything in the UK or not. I know we're doing something sometime in the okay. EU. Right. Hasn't been announced yet, but I don't know if the UK is on there or not. Okay. I don't think we'll it, no, I don't we'll I don't think it. it is. Okay. But uh, it's it's close enough that you can just come over. So you might might be jump over the water. Yeah. 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 Over the water. We might be okay. going to some new countries. You know, maybe Italy, I don't know, maybe France. Uh, see where the day takes us. So exciting. What, where, um, what, when you were in the UK, what, what, were there any parts that you liked in particular? Any, any memories that stick out to you? Like, I know, obviously, you, you already mentioned Rebellion Festival in Blackpool and, mm-hmm. and playing in Derby, but what about, you know, any, anywhere else that jumped out to you? We played in, uh, like, London, London proper, and we stayed in Camden Town. Yeah, and I saw the old Camden pic- Town kind of posh. Not, not really, because it's weird, right? Because I was, I was, you know, kind of stalking through your Instagram for things, you know, like ahead of this interview, and I saw that you did a selfie, and you said, "Oh, Camden Town," but they're like, it didn't look like Camden Town to what I know of Camden Town. It was weird, but but Camden is also a borough, and it kind of counts in okay. lots of like central London. So it looked like you were somewhere in central London as opposed to Camden Town itself because Camden Town's kind of like a bit alternative and a bit grimy. Yeah. Actually, no, we played in Camden Town. Yeah, that would make sense. we stayed in Chelsea. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Chelsea was Chelsea's posh. Yes. um, We got an Airbnb uh, and it was like some guy's flat where like um, him and his partner lived downstairs and we opened the door and it's not separated. You just walk upstairs, and then we had this giant flat to ourselves, and this bathroom that was amazing. And we took—I took a tub. We took a tub. <laughs> I have to be done. And right? it was just this giant yeah. bathtub, this walk-in shower, and it was just wow. And that was our first night. I'm like, I could do this tour. And then the rest of the nights were like, we're staying in these small-ass like motels <laughs> and like yeah, yeah. So that was a really cool memory. And we went to um, a local pub. And it was like everybody was very like you know proper and just adults. And here comes some just loud ass punk rockers just drinking and just nice. yelling. And the bartender was like loving us because he was so used to these like prim and proper like adults and were just like raging. And there's nobody there. It was just like us and two other people. <laughs> <laughs> um, what about Newcastle? Have you been up to the northeast before? You toured up here. We were. When we were doing the DIY, we were trying to go to Edinburgh, but we never made it. Okay. We we tried to book it, but it just fell through. So n- I think the farthest we went was yeah, we didn't go that far to the like northeast area. Unfortunately, okay. I want to though. I would love to. 
Okay, cool. We'll watch out for you next time you come through, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, I'll no doubt catch you in London because you, you know, I'm sure you'll be next time in the UK. I'm sure you'll be you do be doing London. So uh, yeah. Oh yeah, you have to. It's like you do California, you have to play LA. It's like the same right, thing. exactly, yeah. exactly. So yeah, London's definitely the equivalent of that. I think you know, unless unless there's anything else, Nick, we could probably wrap this up. Um, yeah, like. Brenna, like massively appreciate this. This has been fun, and like you know, thank you for giving thank us. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Of course, it. of course. Like as as Nick said earlier, like you know, when when that last record came out, he was he'd send it to me, and we were just like, oh, these guys are ace. We have to we have to try and get them on the show. So to have you here has been great. Appreciate yeah. it, man. I really do. Like I'm glad I'm glad you like the record. Cool. Yeah. Hope awesome. to see you over here soon. Oh, most definitely. Yes, please. Nice one. Okay. Well, enjoy the rest of your weekend, Brenna. Thanks. All right, thank you guys so All much. Right. Have a good okay. have a good night. Thanks.